You get to talk to other people who are in the trenches just like you. We don't often get to meet with other small business owners and find out what's happening in their lives and their businesses. Then also to meet legislators and others that are involved in the legislative process. It is really eye-opening. The Small Business Rundown is the official podcast to the National Federation of Independent Business, the member-driven voice of small business. NFIB and our members advocate to keep America's small businesses strong and independent in Washington, D.C., all 50 states, and the nation's courts. Welcome to the Small Business Rundown, a bi-weekly podcast with information on independent businesses' victories and challenges in Washington, D.C. and state capitals. I'm Adam Temple, NFIB Senior Vice President of Advocacy, and today we're talking about advocating for small businesses on a state level. Joining us in the Small Business Rundown today is Barbara Quant, a former small business owner turned NFIB State Director, Tim Goodrich, NFIB Vice President of State Government Relations, and Elizabeth Park, Senior Region Grassroots Manager, to talk about Small Business Days. We'll find out what happens at these events and hear from Barbara about her experience attending in the past. Barbara, Tim, Elizabeth, welcome to the Small Business Rundown. Good to be here, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Good morning. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you. Tim, I'd like to start with you. If you could just generally give us a brief description of what NFIB State Government Relations Teams does. Sure. Uh, One of the great things about being a member of NFIB is you have one membership that really provides you representation in both Washington, D.C., but then also in 50 states. So each state has a state director that provides advocacy on behalf of the small business owner. And the neat thing is if you have a business that's in more than one state, you're getting representation in that state as well. So we're the only business group that I'm aware of that does this, and it makes the membership very valuable. One of the keys to this Uh, in our advocacy program is our small business days, uh, which are coming up. We pride ourselves in providing opportunities for our members to meet with the representatives face-to-face and tell their stories. And the small business day is the best way for our members to do that. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to turn to Elizabeth now to explain why small business days are important from a grassroots perspective. Elizabeth, can you give us a little more information on that? Absolutely. First, a little bit about grassroots. You know, grassroots managers organization-wide contribute to making it easy for NFIB members to get more involved. And I realize that that is a very broad statement, and that's on purpose, because when I say involvement, that could mean many different things from a very basic level to a very advanced level. You know, it's important to us that we meet people where they are in their availability and interest. So to your question on small business days and the importance from the grassroots perspective, you know, the attention of state representatives and state senators is pulled in many different directions. And the ultimate goal is that small business owners leave small business day and these state reps, these state senators see NFIB members not simply as a small business in the community, but as faces they picture anytime they have to weigh in or vote on policy that will impact the jobs that these people create and the role that they play in their local economy. We all know the phrase, small businesses are the backbone of the economy. And from engagement at Small Business Day and beyond, we want elected representatives to picture you, the small business owner, every time they say or hear that phrase going forward. And Small Business Day is an opportunity to continue to build on those efforts. Tim, can you give us a little perspective on why Small Business Days are important from a state government relations perspective? Sure. As I said earlier, we have a state director in all 50 states who are providing kind of day-to-day lobbying But um, those stories from members are so important and I think our most powerful weapon in terms of our advocacy that legislators hear what 
small business owners are actually feeling and going through each day and hearing it, you know, in a face-to-face situation, not just an impersonal letter that they may get. So from our perspective, having those members there showing up and in mass, hopefully, and then meeting with their legislators, we've had a lot of opportunities to take issues. Usually we try to take one or two, maybe three issues that we focus on and have members talk about that to their legislators. And we've had a lot of success in turning around some issues and forwarding issues as a result. Right. And Elizabeth, for a small business owner that hasn't participated in a small business day, what can they expect to gain from this event? Maybe you've never stepped foot in your state capitol and you have no idea what they're up to, or maybe you do keep up with what's happening there daily. The one thing that all attendees have in common is the expertise that they bring as a small business owner. When it comes to the format, you know, each small business day is a little different, but what everyone can expect is programming that brings attendees up to speed on, you know, whatever the policy focus is of your particular small business day, but it's done in a way that gives people the confidence to walk into these discussions as the experts that they are through the perspective of owning and operating a small business. For example, in Boston last year, there was a husband and wife team. They they own a Jamaican restaurant, and they had initially planned only to come to the portion of Small Business Day that had the speakers on the various policy issues. They didn't have any meetings with any of their state reps. They were just going to come and kind of listen. However, after listening to the speakers and the panelists, they were empowered and motivated to join the group, and they headed to Beacon Hill and went from having zero meetings that day to meeting with two out of the three people that represent their home district. Elizabeth, have you heard from members who have attended in the past and how it impacts their advocacy efforts? Yes, absolutely. You know, attending Small Business Day is an investment in your business that you can see benefits from beyond just that one day. So, for example, in Illinois uh, last year at their Small Business Day, we had a first-time attendee. She's the owner of a movie theater and event space. She had planned to attend Small Business Day, kind of hang back, listen, but ultimately she felt equipped and motivated not to just engage during that day, but she even went a step further after Small Business Day. The legislature there had passed a paid leave law, and after it passed, this member went on to share the small business viewpoint by speaking to the Associated Press. And so, you know, Small Business Day can be a jumping off point towards opportunities that get the small business message well beyond just the state legislature. And we are on the front end of a lot of state small business days. They usually occur in the first quarter when state legislatures are in session. What advice would you give to a small business owner that might be attending for the first time this year? You know, I mentioned before that these events are truly tailored for all NFIB members. The advice that I would give to someone attending their first Small Business Day is to remember that you are an expert in the room. At Small Business Day, there will be state lawmakers, possibly their staff, and of course, NFIB staff, and they're all gonna bring different strengths. They know the policy, the legislative legal jargon, the processes, et cetera. But you as the small business owner are the only one that has the tangible real world story of how proposed policies and enacted laws coming out of a state legislature will actually impact your small business. 
And the thing is, you never know who you're talking to. And what I mean by that is many of these state lawmakers will likely continue to advance through the ranks at the state or even the federal level. An example of this in Maine, for years, the state's attorney general attended and spent time with NFIB members at their small business day in Augusta. Well, that attorney general eventually became the governor and she's continued to join the conversation at small business day. So to summarize, you know, a first time attendee can use small business day to establish themselves as the expert in the room by using their experience owning and operating a small business. An elected official will begin to see that they are that expert and likely keep coming back to them as a credible and trusted resource throughout their careers. Barbara, you have a unique perspective on this. You're a former small business owner in Indiana, and then you joined NFIB on our staff in the state government relations department. Can you start by sharing a little bit about your background as a small business owner? I owned and operated a small uh, travel agency in Danville, Indiana. And prior to that, I had moved from Long Island to Indianapolis, and I was pretty much oblivious to how legislation affected my life. There wasn't a government proposal that I didn't like. And then I started my own business. Uh, There is nothing like owning and operating your own business to knock some sense into you. NFIB literally changed my life. When a membership rep came into my small office in Danville to discuss how there was pending legislation and how it might affect my business, the information I received was invaluable. So I started hearing about, and I will tell you, the one that got me most involved was Hillary Care. And for those of you who may go way back, uh, it it would have, um, I, I would have had to close my, my business because it would have meant I'd have to fire one, one of my uh, agents to do that. And that's all we had to offer was service. So that's what got me involved. And then I did start attending small business days at the Capitol in Indianapolis. How many small business days have you attended? Oh my gosh, countless. (laughs) So we're talking a long time ago. So let's just say many. And now in my role as a regional director, I get to visit other states and see how they are handling small business days. It's fascinating. And I encourage every small business owner to do this. Well, can you give us a behind the scenes look at what some of those events look like? Oh yeah, Uh, they are, there's small business owners, which is Terrific. You get to talk to other people who are in the trenches just like you. We don't often get to meet with other small business owners and find out what's happening in their lives and their businesses. Then also to meet legislators and others that are involved in the legislative process. It is really eye-opening. And frankly, when I first started, I was kind of terrified. I thought everybody knew everything and I knew nothing. And as uh, Elizabeth was telling us, you're the expert in your business. And they really wanted to know how my business was doing. And every small business owner has so many challenges to face. It's critical to know that you can actually make a difference. And I saw bills get stopped or legislation passed because of work that we did. So I started testifying uh, in committee hearings. And that, again, I thought, oh, this is terrifying. But it was amazing to see how just telling my small business story made a difference at the State House. 
right? And Barbara, as you know, one thing small business owners don't always have a lot of is time. For those that might be on the fence wondering if it's worth taking the time to attend a small business day, what would be your advice to them? Oh my gosh, you can't afford not to Hmm. because it does uh, directly affect your business. And I didn't realize that. It took me a while to figure that out, that what they do at the state house and government rules that are passed, it directly affects the outcome of small businesses. And I think so many legislators think legislation is going to be terrific for everyone. And they don't take into consideration the small business owner, the mom and pop that has just a few employees. Legislation affects them differently than it does the big boys, as I call them. And I would encourage you to definitely participate. Thank you, Barbara. Tim, as uh, small business owners prepare to go meet with their lawmakers across the country in state capitals, what are some of the top issues that you're hearing from NFIB members about uh, what they're facing? Well, you know, Adam, this is budget season for most states. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're hearing about taxes. A lot of the blue states looking at tax increases You know, the Fed gave a lot of COVID money to the states. Many of the states used that money to put funds back into their unemployment fund Mm -hmm. and make sure that we didn't see taxes through unemployment premiums. But a lot of blue states didn't. They increased spending. And now that the federal money is gone, they have to support those programs that they created. And that means tax increases. So we're going to be fighting those. We're hearing concern from members. You know, California, probably the worst, they're facing a $68 billion deficit, billion with a B, unbelievable. Just two, three years ago, they had a surplus, uh, how they could create this kind of a spending amount. Other issues we're hearing about uh, on the tax side would be property taxes. Red state like Idaho, a state that you would not expect, right? With all the folks that are moving into Idaho, especially from California, that are fleeing California, the typical assessment has gone up almost 57%. So a lot of people that have been there are facing big assessments, and we're going to be needing to fight that battle. But it's not all bad news. In the red states, we've seen 14 states that are going to have individual tax reductions. Governor Reynolds in Iowa just announced a reduction in the income tax that she'd like to pass to make it a flat tax. And one of the other legislators said, that's great, but we want to eliminate income tax. So we've got some good news there and we'll be active. A couple other quick issues that are important energy issues. This is uh, something that members are getting upset about, carbon reductions tied to the California law or regulations. A lot of states, particularly blue states, are looking at targets of we want to be at zero emissions in 2035, 2040, 2050. Pick a date. There's no rationale to it. And how does this affect a small business owner? Electric vehicles. How are we going to deal with farm equipment? How are we going to deal with uh, trucking and these types of issues? We're seeing it in landscaping where some states are saying, hey, a statewide ban on all gas-powered leaf blowers and landscaping equipment. So these are real issues. And then finally, some states are looking at banning gas as a, uh, a source of energy into their building codes, which will have a huge impact. So we're going to be fighting those issues And then finally, I would mention uh, always we're looking at labor issues. The unions are always very aggressive. This year, we're really concerned about a potential ballot question in Arizona that would repeal right to work. They were successful in the state of Michigan repealing right to work, and unions are feeling emboldened to do that. 
elsewhere. So their their next stop is Arizona. And we're hearing a lot of expansion of paid sick leave. Vermont just passed a bill having to do with child care, where they're going to tax employers on a payroll tax to pay for child care. So a lot of uh, a lot of issues on the union fronts that we'll be looking at. And there's so many more issues that I could go into, but those are, I think, the top three that we're seeing across the country. I'm sure. Yeah. Before we go, is there anything else that you or Elizabeth or Barbara would like to add? I would just say, if you're on the fence, we'd love to have you at a small business day. It's so important. And Elizabeth did a great job, I think, of uh, explaining what's involved and that there are other members there that will be happy to help you along the way. And eventually you will become the expert. Right. Elizabeth, Barbara? We know that for a small business owner to make the decision to leave their business for any amount of time is difficult. But know that if you are able to make the time commitment for a portion of your day on this one day of year, our NFIB state teams are here to partner with you and to set you up for success. It it really is a great investment for your business. Elizabeth is right. That's one thing that NFIB staff was just terrific in welcoming me and making me feel like I really was making a difference. Well, thank you all. I appreciate the time you've taken to spend with us today. And for listeners, if you want to learn more about Small Business Day in your state, there's a link in today's show notes to email our grassroots team for more information. There will also be a link in the show notes to learn more about news, advocacy, and events in your state. Our next episode premieres on February 8th and will provide everything you need to know about the new beneficial ownership reporting requirement that NFIB opposed that went into effect on January 1st. We'll be answering questions from our listeners regarding these topics, so if there's anything you'd like us to answer, go ahead and send us an email at podcast at nfib.org. We look forward to hearing from you. And now I want to thank you, the listeners, for joining us on today's Small Business Rundown. We'll be back every two weeks bringing you news and analysis from Washington, D.C. and state capitals so that you, whether you're a business owner or a supporter of one, can continue to blaze a trail. The Small Business Rundown is brought to you by NFIB the voice of small business. You can find us at NFIB.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.